electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures look to get back some of yesterday's uh, late declines on hopes that this stimulus compromise may be quietly getting somewhere. Warren Buffett certainly hopes so. FDA looks on track to approve Moderna's vaccine this week. The briefing docs are now online. Our roadmap begins with an economic war. That is Warren Buffett's call to action as new COVID shutdowns near and Congress debates these new stimulus proposals. Plus, Moderna is next. FDA staff endorsing emergency use of its COVID vaccine in a critical step towards approval as early as this week. And Apple's production boost reportedly aiming to make 96 million iPhones for the first half of 2021. That would be a nearly 30 percent jump over production from one year ago, Carl. Yeah, we'll talk about what Nikkei said today, David. Uh, as for Moderna, though, Jim, uh, these briefing docs are interesting once again. Uh, some of the charts looking at efficacy, placebo versus uh, the drug itself suggests that um, you start to see efficacy while, as in Pfizer after the first dose. Yeah, this is fabulous. I, I think people have to start recognizing that there's going to be a lot of vaccine. There's going to be Moderna. I think there's going to be J&J. Abbott has some news just now about testing. But uh, there is a possibility that these companies will produce en masse uh, a huge number of vaccines. Uh, Don't underestimate these companies. They were all understanding that this could happen. And they have a lot of firepower to be able to do a lot of things. They have a lot of money. Uh, J&J is the one I'm really hoping for that comes in. A lot of the the ones we thought for Europe, that that Glaxo's behind, AstraZeneca behind. But, David, the possibility that we get therapeutics, uh, Merck Regenera, the possibility that we get vaccines, a Moderna, Pfizer, J&J, uh, the possibility that we get a bridge from Congress and suddenly you're in a position that you were in last year at this time. It could be very good, David. Uh, don't you think the market is already taking account of that? You know, I, I, I'm really wrestling with that because I think that there are a lot of stocks that are so high because people feel like the, what I just said is going to happen. But there are also a lot, a lot of companies that I think are really struggling that won't struggle. And here I'm thinking about the airlines. I'm thinking about hospitality. I, I'm thinking about the, the non-Zoom economy. We keep talking about the Zoom economy. Sure. Uh, but I, I do think that there'll be people, a pent-up demand, David, I think could be extraordinary. I think you're right. Uh, You know, certainly you would expect that there is going to be a lot of people who want to do a lot of things that they have not been able to do over what could be a full year at the point we actually get back to that. Right. What are we talking? The great exodus took place on March 14th in this part of the country uh, is what I refer to it as. And it's unlikely we get back to anything like normal until at least then, though, Jim. So we're talking what first, probably second quarter, hopefully the summer when you really are sort of a full return, obviously certain parts of the country sooner than others. Although when you look at it right now, it's not good anywhere, whether it's California or Texas or a lot of other states in terms of at least new cases at this point. 
Yesterday was a day that was the market changes every day. Yesterday was a day that we're about lockdown. And I always look at Peloton, by the way, if people want to look at this. Look at Peloton. That is the tail of the tape. That goes up three, four, five points when we're on lockdown day. It goes down the same when we're uh, uh, on a, an open day. Carl, the thing I'm watching most is what's happening in New York. The shutdown of restaurants, 13, 14 million people involved in restaurants. Uh, there are a lot of people back and forth on Twitter. I don't want anything shut down, but if they have to shut it down for health purposes, then we need some sort of compromise. We need some compromise about unemployment benefits. I think that people don't realize that we're so close, Carl. We're so close. How can the government not agree to fund until we get vaccines? Say, even if it's David's view, which I think is going to be a little later than, I th- than what can happen, we are so close to getting this economy back on track. But these places that close, Carl, they, it's, they can't flip the switch and open again. That's just way of life. You yep. can't do it. Yep. Uh, to your point, Jim, uh, Goldman yesterday saying, look, we could probably have half the population in the U.S. and the U.K. vaccinated by April, Canada by May, the EU by June, Japan by July. But uh, that bridge still needs to be built. That certainly was Warren Buffett's view when he talked to Becky and Joe and Andrew earlier this morning, talking about what he called this economic war in which small business is collateral damage. Take a listen. It's an economic war. And, and, uh, and certain, you know, when we went into World War II, a lot of industries were shut down and, and uh, everything went over to defense production. Well, We've shut down a lot of people in this in this particular uh, induced recession, and and others are prospering. And I think that uh, I think the country owes it to the you know really millions of small business people. It was interesting yesterday, Jim. Uh, business Roundtable and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce said, "Look, if Congress can't c- agree on liability or state and local, at least do this." Yeah, I mean, look, this is what I'm talking about, 400 billion. I know that 400 billion is a lot of money, but at the same time, uh, our country thrives. It's a service economy, and I have no problem with that. But what's happened is, is that the balance sheet of the individuals very high, uh, typical balance sheet. But we are a country where people go out and people go places, and that fuels. We're not a, a country that where everyone goes to work at steel mills every day. But we are a country where a lot of people go to work at restaurants and hospitality. David, it is a gigantic industry in this country, in this service economy. And I think that Congress acts as if, you know what, it's fine. We can wait a couple of months. It's not like that. No. Uh, Buffett sounded exasperated. I think there are a lot of people who are, Jim. Just because you find yourself, what's the date? What are we, the 15th of December? December 15th. We're a little more than a month away from the inauguration. We still haven't gotten anything? How is that possible? They hate each other. Who's they? The Republicans and the Democrats. So that's Remember? it? They hate each other? That's well, all, well, all you've got to say I'm, on the matter? What do you want to say? The president is very much involved with trying to get the election overturned. Yeah, I know. But that's not going to happen. Well, uh, it's that, just that, very unfortunate, to your point. You've made it throughout, by the way, the, the, uh, the enormous hit that is being taken by those who work in these hospitality <laughs> industries. Uh, and it, it is, boggles the mind that we can't figure out a way to get, to get some aid to them so that they can remain a viable part of the economy when we finally do reopen. Uh, right. And these next two months, three months, it's amazing to see this vaccine start to be administered. But they're going <laughs> to be tough. I mean, what's incredible to me, Carl, is just that 
we, we really accelerated. Warp speed really worked. Warp speed was great. Kind of shocked everybody. Uh, and now Congress should be able to say, you know what? We love warp speed. It's terrific. And we are going to bridge to warp speed so that we're going to put money in people's pockets. And then it's going to be uh, just like PPP. It's going to work. Some people were saying PPP is horrible for restaurants. I don't know who possibly said that. It was terrific. But the next thing we need to hear is uh, say we have to have unemployment benefits extended. Uh, and we need restaurant, and we need uh, some sort of hospitality. But, Carl, it may not affect the stock market at all. Because we saw yesterday what, what semiconductors just go up a huge amount. We see the drug companies mm-hmm. go up a huge amount. You know, these companies have nothing to do with the real economy, which is the real economy is people unemployed. I mean, these, these companies exist. Yeah. They're worldwide companies. They have nothing. You know, they, they're not pigeonholed no, in the U.S., have- you don't have a lot of small businesses, Jim, in the uh, semiconductor business. No. I know Goldman went to AMD 110. Uh, they upped Micron. We got some reports on uh, TSM upping uh, their five nanometer projections for uh, the first half. We'll talk about Apple later on. But, yeah, Jim, that's sort of the pockets where, um, you know, if you can excise the small business impact, it is a good story. Uh, but everything else is a little more checkered. It is incredible to me how well. Uh, corporate America is doing. I mean, look at Norwegian Cruise. This morning, they announced a $500 million senior note, 2026. They say that they may have to raise equity. And, and people don't even really care. I mean, it's what is it? It's down fractionally. David, there's a note, note from about Boeing. I don't know if you caught this Boeing note. Well, did Boeing yesterday had it was very it was uh, was quite strong. But, but did no, you see what Morgan Stanley said? Tell me. What have they said about Boeing? Feedback. I mean, I absolutely love this. Yeah. Feedback on Boeing's potential equity raise. Why now? Why 20 to 30 billion? I mean, I. Wait, I, what? I, I know. Well, they're acting as if it's been announced. What equity raise? Well, no, I know this is this is like they, the future. They're going to do a 30 billion dollar equity raise. Yeah. And they think that will really help the balance sheet. Last week, we highlighted that Boeing can raise 20 to 30 billion. I mean, they have a sell on Boeing. I mean, maybe they're cautious. This is the time that the stock market is working for some companies. They're raising money. But the companies that we're talking about, we're not, we're not trading the luncheon ads. No, we're not. We're not, and we haven't been throughout, which is why we're at new highs on a lot of our markets, amazingly enough. If you told people that in the dark days of April, certainly when the markets also right. were in a bad place, they probably would have been shocked to see where we're ending up as we close out the year here the last couple of weeks. Uh, Jim, but we've talked about it. This has accelerated so many trends that were already in place. We do emerge from this as appears closer and closer every day, thankfully. It is going to be a changed world. And even when you get to travel, which you're talking about, although many of these stocks, as you pointed out, have not suffered as much as you might have anticipated, I still do wonder when it comes to the business traveler, who, by the way, when we walk through airports, how many people would see on their laptops sitting in a lounge working? You know, is that still going to be the case? I don't know, because Zoom is so good, so per, per, pervasive. But what's going on today? Lily doubling its dividend. Well, what does Lily have to do? I mean, other than Indianapolis, they support Indianapolis. But that does not, that's not the real economy, Lily. It's not. But it's unbelievably good. The real economy is the laptop person sitting in first class. I hate to say that. But that's the business traveler, Carl. The business traveler supports and creates. I mean, the, the thing that's supporting the airlines, I think, is the, is the vaccine, getting the vaccine to people. So, I don't know. I don't want to be uh, too bearish. That's but. exactly no. That's exactly what Bill Miller said. Uh, I think it was probably April or so of this year, Jim. 
as that the airline trade was, in fact, a vaccine trade. Um, at the same time, I see City uh, ups uh, Hilton and Marriott and Host uh, today on the prospect, Jim, that there is going to be some travel, some normalization of uh, business and leisure travel patterns in the second half. Well, that's what I, uh, David was talking about, the idea that it is the market anticipating everything. Now we're beginning to get the notes which say you've got to get into Marriott. Not when at 90, when it was a good place to get in. Someone, you know, I, there are people debating right now, David, to whether to buy Carnival. I know. Carnival I, equity still, raises, I, bonds. It's a lot of stock, man. I'm still hit by that, that Morgan Stanley note. Just sort of positive the idea that Boeing's going to hit the market with $30 billion in equity. Oh, Carl, back to you. But the, I got to look at that. $30 billion's a big offering. It's a big number. It's bigger than their bond offering. Yeah. Yeah, guys, there's a, a lot of calls. We'll get to that Boeing call. There's upgrades of Wells, of uh, Hilton, as we said. There's one of Oxy today uh, and uh, price target increases for Caterpillar. We'll get industrial production with Rick after the... CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Rick, let's get industrial production with Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Hello, Carl. November read on industrial production comes in a bit stronger than expected, up four-tenths. We're looking for a number that was up three-tenths. Sequentially, of course, it's lower than the 1.1 in the rearview mirror, which still may be revised. But it is nonetheless up four-tenths, the best number going back to August when it was up 0.73. Now, if we look at utilization rates, we're expecting a number around 73%. Uh, We came in better came in better. 73.3, 73.3, pretty nice number. And if you look, uh, that actually is the best number going all the way back to March when it's 73.5. So it's the best kind of COVID uh, hit post number uh, s- since we really had, of course, the lockdowns in the first wave uh, in the spring. If we consider where interest rates are, right now you're hovering at 90 basis points. Uh, We want to pay very close attention. If we get back above 92, that seems to be a slight resistance level. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you very much. We're going to watch Apple in the pre-market. Nikkei Asia reporting that the company plans to ramp up its iPhone production to 96 million in the first half of 21. That's a jump of almost 30% from the year-ago period. Uh, the new service cites a sales forecast that Apple shared with some of its suppliers. Jim, uh, we sometimes look with this at that these reports with a grain of salt, but they're usually easier to take when they're to the upside. <laughs> it's funny. When, when they're down, I often say that that isn't what you should be looking at. They're probably not right. So you did nail me on that one. I feel co- uh, I, I felt this. I said, well, wow, this is great. But then I said it's probably as unverifiable as when they say they're down. But what I think is interesting is we've really got to see what Biden does with China. Uh, Is he going to be quietly a warrior against China? Is he going to be loud against China? Because the key to the delta for Apple sales is not United States. It is China. And I think that, David, maybe Apple is actually anticipating uh, what could be the end of the of the Cold War. Uh, but I think that's very much unclear. I mean, if there's yeah. one area where there wasn't as much space between the two candidates, you would have to be, think it was the approach to China. Not that there won't be a difference. Of course, there will be. 
but it won't be as dramatic as virtually every single other issue you could imagine. Jim. But tweeting is old. You, you won't have a tweet. No doubt. And listen, there will be a, certainly there'll be a multilateral approach, uh, not the go it alone approach, right. I think, that you had under the Trump administration from the Biden administration. Trade deals, though, have been done already without us being a part of them, uh, many of them. I know. And and that I know for those who believe those are important, uh, that has uh, proved to be somewhat concerning. But 5G, um, 5G. What about 5G when you say Apple that? Apple 5G. Yeah, well, without a doubt. But, you know, when I think 5G and you say that in relation to China, I think of two different systems being created around the world. Right. We're creating and, and in so many ways, we're creating two different systems entirely. Obviously, we do have different systems of government, or at least we did. But uh, but. In 5G as well, Jim, you, you know, you're going to have the Chinese version and you're going right. to have the U.S. version and then this battle. Well, I think Apple, Apple can walk the tightrope. Important for them to do it, isn't yes. it? Yes. But, Carl, Apple was the key to this market for a very long time. And we've kind of forgotten Apple. You know, the, the key to this market became Caterpillar. It became Emerson, which got a big upgrade today. Uh, we started seeing uh, the, the airlines being key to this market. Uh, and now, I mean, maybe it reverts to Apple. Maybe it reverts to, I mean, yesterday, Netflix was up huge, Disney down. Yesterday, Amazon was on fire. That was the beginning of what I think is a revert. Fang was up, Facebook was up. Maybe we're going back to the ones that were working uh, because they, they always come back to these in the end, and it's the end of the year. Don't you want to yep. show Fang? Do you not want to show your own Alphabet? I mean, Alphabet's been a horse. And then the FTC did whatever it did. Right. And then, now we're yawning about the. What was the FTC doing? I don't know. The day they were, FTC was against something. Yeah, uh, Alphabet, and, uh, Alphabet and Facebook are being sued. About, Nobody seems to care. About what? By the DOJ and the FTC for antitrust and anti-competitive practices. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to remind people. Right. Kind of, that story lasted a day. I know. It's amazing. Well, it's when, like, when, when it was Microsoft... We were here, I remember, every day. Yeah, NCI, Every FTC. day NCI, we cover that story. I mean, it's, like a, it's like a TV show. I'm not that worried about these. I do think that the FTC is wrong about Facebook since they approved everything Facebook did. But then again, Mark Zuckerberg, what, we would, they don't like him. Carl, they don't like him. Yep, no backsies. That's what Facebook would say, Jim. <laughs> uh, but we're going to watch all that regulatory pressure closely. We'll take a break here. Squawk on the streets back in a moment. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get to a mad dash uh, as we count you down to the opening bell about seven minutes from now. I think I heard you say, Estee Lauder. Yes. Now, Fabrizio Fredo, who's the CEO, has done a remarkable job. But our RBC is just a fantastic note about a meeting with him and about how well they're doing. Look at this. But I think what's really interesting, and this is something that we don't talk about. I have Lululemon on tonight. Online is here to stay. For cosmetics, online is here to stay. They're just selling too much. Uh, It's just a very powerful site that they have. 60 minutes per customer. They've been been on it a lot. But, David, no matter what, the winners, direct, direct to consumer, Nike reports at the end of the week, okay? The Lulu quarter was really made up. The strength was direct to consumer. This has been something that I don't think goes back. 
You know, we were talking about what goes back after right. the vaccine. Yep. I think direct-to-consumer is regarded as a great time but saver. Even, even cosmetics, though. Cosmetics. People will order them. I use I use the Ulta. Them. I use the Ulta uh, and, site. Yeah, and they have you know they, they kind of measure what you need uh-huh. uh, on an iPhone, and then they send it to you. I wanted to have something that took off our makeup, which you know is for me a spray painted as if it's a car. Yes, PPG. Yes, they do right? that. They to take you every PPG day. and they spray me, and they do. I need to get that get car. A nice sheen. <laughs> but I use Estee Lauder when I get home, and what I find is just unbelievable is that these teams. These companies pivoted, Dave, like, David, like you can't believe. Estee Lauder pivoted to online. Remember you used to go into, into a, I would show you, but we're too far apart. You used to go into like Macy's and they would spray you and they put stuff on. Uh, nobody get near me. Yeah, stay away. Stay away. We are socially distant. For those who think, why aren't we wearing masks? Social distance is very important. We are physically distanced, at least 10 feet. This is about as close as I get to. I mean, a lot of No, it's true. We haven't been. This is as close as we've been to each other uh, yeah. without masks. I'm a little uncomfortable, but it's good. Estee Lauder, great stuff. All right, five minutes till we get to an opening bell for you. Stay with us right here on Squawk on the Street. What you should worry about is shut down. Because if we do not change the trajectory, we could very well be headed to shutdown. And shutdown is something to worry about. That is really something to worry about. Because all these businesses close. We go back to where we were. All non-essential businesses close. They go to zero. That's Governor Cuomo yesterday, uh, comments that obviously took some of the sales out of the intraday rally, Jim. It does sort of challenge our, our assumptions that any further shutdowns were going to be done with a scalpel and not a bludgeon. Yeah, I mean, Planet Fitness has been an amazing stock. Uh, I mean, just an amazing stock. It's come all, almost all the way back. Uh, when I listen to him, I, say, I think, well, okay, they could still be a winner when gyms close because they've got a decent group of franchisees, but that stock would be too high. The one I'm watching is Darden. They report on Friday, the 18th, okay? Uh, Darden is the long-term winner. They have a good balance sheet. They would be able to win. We know that Capitol Grill, real pretty, you know, good restaurant. Uh, We've got, David, you know, your favorite Olive Garden, which you've probably Mm. never been to. Once. You've been once, what, on a field trip? Outside Colorado. Colorado. Field trip? No, we were, you know, skiing and coming down. Well, you know, Denver stopped. That's, they are going to, they'll win. Yum will win. Yum is another. And then my favorite on this whole shutdown is Chipotle. Because Chipotle is going to win no matter what. And all the little Mexican restaurants are done. Uh, all the little uh, foreign, any foreign food restaurant, which makes the city so exciting, David. Right. I mean, let's get this cuisine or that cuisine done. They don't have the balance sheet to go against. It's Olive going to be Garden. very difficult for uh, them to compete in all sorts of different environments. It's true. They will come back one day. One day they will come back. They're going to need capital for that, too, though. It's another issue. Yeah. Well, I'm watching Wells Fargo, Carl, because of that note. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Keith. that one. Uh, uh, yep. Uh, KBW goes to outperform, 36. But Efficiency ratio to improve over the long term uh, because of expense reduction. Trading at 64% of Piers' uh, tangible book. Yeah, this is just a, uh, uh, a referendum on Charlie Scharf, uh, the CEO, because they did cut numbers. Uh, I think that Charlie's great. I, I'm conscious of the fact that you're not at the bottom anymore, but it's still got David. It is so far behind the group. 
It was at 58 two years ago in February. Uh, Charlie, you know that he is a hard-driving guy. He's replaced everybody. But the banks don't have, they need some little bit inflection at Euchre. They do. They do. They continue to be a very poor performer, particularly when put up against, obviously, the performance of the S&P up some 13.7%. So far this year, when you look at J.P. Morgan down 14%, a Bank of America down 19%, or Citi down 25%. By the way, new CEO coming in there very soon. Yes. Dane Frazier will take the, uh, take the reins of power there at the beginning of the year. So counting down there. How about the snowflake? The expir- uh, uh, When do we have the expiration? The lockup? It's not for a little while, isn't it? I'm not sure. Can't they do an emergency lockup to open? Um, just three months after it's like lockup experience. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think that anything's possible in terms of these stocks that went up big. Carl, a major, a major quandary is Snowflake, uh, Airbnb, yeah. uh, and DoorDash because it's really shut down the IPO market other than the SPACs because no one wants this to happen. And they don't know how to do it. The easy way to do it, obviously, is just have a little flexibility. Let the syndicate desk have more stock so that if it happens, they can keep these stocks from going crazy. This is the kind of thing that loses people a lot of money, Carl, and it's happening again. And I cannot believe the syndicate desks who do all these deals have, are clueless about the over-the-transom the over the market buyers who have come <laughs> in. I mean, what, these Robin Hood buyers, yeah. they don't get stock. Yeah. Well, David Solomon on Squawk this morning uh, did reference at least – the retail participant, which you talk about all the time. Right. I mean, retail volume is doubled in a decade, Jim, as a percentage of overall volume. So it's that's back. a big part of it. Why can't we just why can't the government and these firms recognize that the Robin Hood buyers and their ilk are real? They have capital. They're not idiots. They're smart. And we treat them as if they are uh, Bambi. They're not Bambi. They're moving the market. And moving Thumper. the market, we, do we treat them as smart? Because you and I have also had a lot of long conversations about I, their lack of understanding and perhaps of the fundamentals. And by the way, I'm, not, I'm having a hard time understanding what your problem is with DoorDash and Airbnb. They were incredibly successful IPOs. No, but they, they, they shouldn't be up where they are. Okay, that's fair. That's what I'm saying. So what, they should have been priced higher? What, what, no, what, no, you, what's the you issue? need flexibility. The syndicate desk needs flexibility to be able to offer more shares. Uh-huh. I mean, this is when the street.com, may I reference my... Once failed. Uh, I remember it. $335 it billion, had a good day dollar, or two. million dollar man. Okay. Yeah. So I'm screaming to syndicate this. You have more stock. Go ahead. You can have more stock. I'm releasing stock. Right. I said, like, what are you talking about? The SEC doesn't allow us to do that. Right. I said, but if it opens at 63, everyone's going to lose a fortune. Well, it opened 63 and then it went to 66 and then it went to one. It would have been better. All right. But I don't think DoorDash, no offense to street.com, is that. Or Airbnb. But this shouldn't open like this. I mean, why did these other firms decide they're going to hold off until they see what this is about? Or maybe you favor direct listing like Palantir, which has been taken up by, the, by uh, Reddit, which it, has a strong buy on it. It has. Palantir's performance, of course, having gone public through direct listing. Where was it? Right around 10, 11, 11 Well, bucks. but Reddit loves it, David. We sit here and talk it. about Keith Bled. Uh, we should be talking about Reddit, for heaven's sake. You know, sake. listen, right, you want to get Bill Gurley on to pontificate about the benefits of direct listing? You can do that. You can talk about SPACs, of course, which is the way so many companies now are going public. So right. Blade today, the latest, uh, the latest name to take advantage of that. Uh, Which is a very, very prominent investor's opportunity. Up. Yeah, Geffen and uh, Diller's not bad. You take those two, I think, anytime you can get them. Rob Wiesenthal, old friend, of course, uh, uh, having run and started that company or, or 
and running it right now is on Squawk Box this morning. But I'm still I want to understand, you, you know, I mean, Airbnb, they raised what they were hoping to. Now, there's some who could argue, well, you might have been able to sell more stock at a higher price. But let's not forget, it's a, it depends how much stock is actually trading at that price. Right. You're not going to sell three or four billion dollars worth of stock at 150 or 160. Uh, same with DoorDash. But maybe this is um, the big decline. Maybe these stocks go down every day and everybody they who might. bought it. They might. They sure might. Is that what really the fault of the underwriter? No, no, this for the SEC. Oh, the SEC. Yeah. By not allowing the underwriters and or the companies to release more stock. Yes. Even the more SEC. than they've registered, you're right. saying. It's they the should SEC. have the ability to just sell more right Absolutely. away. Absolutely. And the okay. SEC has just said ironclad, that's not allowed. Right. And the SEC is the enemy of the individual investor who is just going to get smoked who bought the opening. This is what happened in 98 to 2000. It is. Go we back and look that. at this uh-huh. the CBS Market Watch deal. That was the deal. Then you and I could it's- sit here all day long and rack our brains and come up with a lot of those names from that incredible period. Uh, okay. You're right. And many of them ended up being zero. 330. I, mean, I remember the lawsuit because they came out in favor of Goldman. I know. I remember I had this long list, pages and pages of all the companies when it finally all broke that were where they went public, where, what they hit as their high, and then they were all a buck, $2. Yeah, and then gone. And gone. And yeah, then gone. disappeared. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but DoorDash is not disappearing. Airbnb is not no, disappearing. No, but they shouldn't be as high. Is not Give them These a- are viable companies with, with strong businesses that perhaps are overvalued. But nonetheless, there's no way they're going away. They're not some refrigeration company that decided to become an Internet company that went up tenfold that then came down. They're not CMGI. They're not, I mean, you want to keep going here? No, but I'm just looking at Reddit right now. David, you, you talk a lot about Chinese stocks. They're saying, Jack Ma, please tell Supreme Leader Winnie the Pooh you're sorry. There you go. Thank you for that's sharing That's the Wall that. Street. That's the, what do you, David, that's Wall Street bets. It's probably more powerful than any single investment firm right now. Don't laugh. They're pushing GME. How's GME doing? <laughs> I don't. No, you're laughing. I am giving you the story of a lifetime. GME to get that one going. GME. And this, yeah, uh, GameStop. Oh. No, I mean this is what's happening right now. We have to wake up to what's happening right now. Carl, I think to we got to get Jim off Reddit or whatever it, whatever it is he's reading over there. I'm just telling yeah, you. Yeah, because I'm not. Yeah. I'm not coming on here in the mornings and, and reading Reddit. No, no, I don't want to read Reddit. I don't want to read Reddit. I am just saying that there are different streams of knowledge coming into this market, and I would prefer the knowledge to come from firms that have studied things and understand. But these new these new buyers are simply David. They're not interested in what we consciously think is matters. Okay, but they will be one day. We, we got to keep them alive. I've seen this movie before. We got to keep them alive. We wiped out a generation of investors, David, in 2000. We don't want this to happen and, to the Reddit investors. I think we wiped out another generation in 2008. Well, we wiped out generation. Then there was flash cash. We wiped them out. We love yeah. to wipe out people. Yeah. But I don't want to do that. There are people right now who are trying to get information, and we have to give it to them. We have to help them. Okay. Why is Wells Fargo, David, a buying opportunity? Why? Tell me, Jim. Well, because Charlie Scharf was a brilliant man who was at, 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 at he did some five of the things at Visa. Yes. He's gotten rid of a lot of people who have not been part of the team. He can make that bank, uh, which is the cheapest bank uh, on a book value and book value. People who are just starting is what a company is actually worth when it comes to a bank. And it may be an opportunity. I'm trying to educate you. I like it. I like it. I think that's what we got to do every day. I, I am educated. We try to do. And there's a look at Wells Fargo. You can see, of course, where it's come from. And as we pointed out earlier, it is the worst 
worst performing of those big banks. Goldman, by the way, listening to David Solomon, is actually uh, up for the year. Nowhere near its one-time competitor Morgan Stanley's great performance this year, of course, as it pursues a completely different business model right. in many ways uh, and has had success with that E-Trade deal. They didn't even know what they were signing up for. Of course, it was before the pandemic. They didn't realize how many new accounts would be established there. But, of course, also asset management in terms of uh, what Gorman's pursuing and uh, the different acquisitions they've done. But Morgan Stanley's performed quite well, up 22 percent. Uh, for the year, but we'll we'll keep a close eye on Wells Fargo. I mean, Gorman has tried to get out of the ETF, basically. The the squandering of of money from the ETFs is incredible. Uh, David Goldman, barely above book value. Again, trying to do a little education. That means if you were to close uh, Goldman, what it would be worth, they would give you the cash. Now, they're not going to close Goldman, but and no. they also can't merge it. But it's only $85 billion. Goldman sells at 10 times earnings, uh, largely acknowledged to being the best of the brokerage. Uh, yes, and they are frustrated at Goldman, I think, because they also think that they have an incredible merchant bank. They have an incredible alternative asset business that they get no credit for. And the extent that they can start to focus investors on a recurring fee stream from that business, a la Blackstone, they believe they can get the stock price up. I think what is the larger question for Goldman, of course, revolves around their efforts in retail and Marcus and whether that money they put towards it is really going to actually end up being a good return on investment. Yeah, um, I don't know, Carl. I just feel like that what's happened is that people don't understand that investment banks are different from regular banks. And that, again, is because the ETFs lump them all together. I mean, if you speak to James Gorman, he is eloquent in talking about how he is an asset management business. And asset management is sticky, and it's good. I don't know. I like him. I'm I'm thinking what Jim Grant said over the weekend, uh, I think, at least was published in Barron's, that we're working on autonomous driving in this country, but increasingly we're also working on autonomous investing (laughs) because of that index passive work, Jim, that you're referencing. I do want to get you, you know, speaking of positioning and opinions, uh, B of A fund manager survey, once again, cash levels down to four. Uh, triggering what they what they call is a sell signal. Do you buy that? No, because we keep there's five trillion on the sidelines. And what are those people doing? Look at the view curve. I mean, uh, what is that five trillion doing? That five trillion wants to be in this market. They want to be in this market. And David, those five billion, they are coming in. Okay. The five trillion. Five, five trillion. Yeah, it's coming well, in. I mean, like, what are they doing? I mean, think about what you're making. Are they going into energy at all? I mentioned that. Oh, my God, you saw they those, love energy all You of a saw sudden. that announcement yesterday from ExxonMobil about emission reduction plans. And they're, they're, uh, first time we've sort of gotten that specificity from them, I think. Sets 2025 greenhouse gas emission reduction plan. Um, they're going to be watching that methane more closely. By the way, you know there's a satellite that the Environmental Defense Fund's going to put up that's going to do nothing but monitor methane emissions? Well, that's good. Bezos that's- gave them like $100 million bucks or $150 million. Bucks. Well, put good. that satellite up in the air. But you, there's the uh, there's the Exxon ESG. Let's call it their ESG push to some extent. Don't forget they're under some pressure from a very small activist, but also from a larger potential one in D.E. Shaw. Not clear where that stands in terms of whether they've got a dialogue going there. That was more focused, though, D.E. Shaw in terms of the underperformance from uh, decisions that they've been making in terms of their operating cost structure uh, and uh, their capital allocation. But they're coming back, Jim, in terms of trying to at least make themselves palatable on a carbon footprint front. Yeah, look, the stock's been a horse. Uh, Occidental reversing today. People, uh, there's an upgrade. There's a lot of people who feel that oil's going to break through 50, and therefore you have to own them. I repeat that Chevron and Pioneer, which is which is buying Parsley, uh, are the two best, and the rest I'm very uncertain about. But I really think that people should recognize that it's a winner. 
Yeah, uh, yeah Oxy goes uh, to, to out overweight today, saying yeah. uh, in 21, the last may be first for a while. All sectors green, including energy. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Good morning, Carl. Uh, happy Tuesday, everybody. This is a very frustrating situation for traders. You know, the, this, the whole theme of the reopening uh, is certainly the main theme that's pushing the markets forward. Uh, but it's really difficult because a lot of stocks are overbought and it's difficult to break out right now because we've had such a huge run up. So you get this internal churning that's been going on. You see this here today. Jim is right to point out the big debate is do we bring back the lockdown trade? Well, it's a good idea, but it's really risky because it looked like it was working yesterday, but it's not working today. So you hear today five to one advancing to declining stocks. Look at the sectors here. Tech's up and so is the reopening. The banks are up. Energy's up. Industrial is up. There's your reopening story. So it's risky to try to put the lockdown trade on it because traders kind of get burned on it if they try to do it on a day-to-day -day basis. If you look at what's moving the markets, there's very good reasons to be concerned here because there's some bad news out there. We've got significant lockdown jitters. Those comments from the governor of New York yesterday really kind of like spooked people in the middle of the day. We still don't have a stimulus. I don't care what anybody's talking about. And we have really high valuations that we keep talking about. The good news is it's hard for the markets to drop in a big way because the vaccine hopes have sort of limited the downside. It's like a Fed put. There is one there that you feel about. There is a vaccine put there that's in the market. So how do you play this? Well, okay, if you look at the reopening stock, you look at the standard reopening names, your, your energy stocks like your, your Chevron, your Simon Property Group, the, the banks, the, the airlines, uh, the hotels, all these had nice rallies a month or two ago. But if you look at it recently in the last week or two, they're kind of flattish. They haven't really rallied much. It's hard to keep doing that because they've had such big moves up. And we're not sure about, you know, how soon the big reopening story is actually going to happen. So a little bit of uncertainty there. Sideways is what I would call this recently. And if you look at the work from home stuff, actually, the work from home stuff has held up pretty well, surprisingly well. If you X out some of the food things here, you know, your standard stories, Activision, Electronic Arts, Netflix, Zynga, the, 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 the electronic end, the tech end of work from home, as opposed to the consumer staple end of work from home, has actually done fairly well. So there is some signs of a crack in the reopening trade, but I wouldn't say there's a lot of signs about that. You need some momentum on the downside before you really talk about the lockdown trade gathering momentum momentum, and I just haven't seen it yet. So the other thing I would point out is there's a Fed meeting tomorrow, and traders all morning yesterday messaging me, Bob, Fed drift is going to kick in, and sure enough, here it is. The Fed drift is a very well-studied phenomenon since 1994. 80% of the equity premium of U.S. stocks have been earned in the 24 hours preceding the FOMC announcements, and of course, there are eight of them on the year. That is not a typo. 80% of the equity premium has been gained during the 24 hours before the FOMC meeting. This is a very well-studied phenomenon, Carl. It is not one of these, you're imagining things, I see duckies and horsies in the sky. The Federal Reserve itself has acknowledged that this phenomenon is very real, and it's allowed papers to be published on it on its own website on the New York Federal Reserve. You can see a tweet I did on the morning uh, this morning if you want to see a link to that. So maybe the Fed drift here is a little bit a part of this vaccine optimism uh, that we're seeing today. Back to you, Carl. I love it, Bob. Uh, thanks, uh, Bob Pisani. Speaking of which, we're going to see what the Fed uh, decides and says about the next year tomorrow. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. You know, Carl, there's also an influence on uh, the Treasury complex, of course, with the Fed meeting tomorrow, first day of two-day meeting today. 
There's a drift upwards, uh, and you can see it clearly. Look at a 24-hour chart of 10s right now. The long-dated maturities are on the high-yield, low prices of the day. Let's open the chart up to a week ago Friday, December 4th. Why? Because that was a high close for 10-year notes and 30-year bonds. For 10s, it was just shy of 97 basis points. So we want to really pay very close attention if we start to trade above 92. That seems to trigger uh, a little bit of extra selling at least last several times. If you look at a month-to-date of 10s, you could clearly see there's an upward drift. If you look at a month-to-date of boons, you could also see that there's not nearly as much of an upward drift. And the difference between the two is now over 150 basis points, which makes it just about the widest, uh, darn close to the widest since COVID hit in March. And finally, there's a lot of action going on in foreign exchange. And on the dollar side, none of it's very good. We're only down about a tenth of a cent. But should the dollar close here, it would be a fresh 31-month low close going back to, as you see on this chart, April of 2018. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you very much. We'll take a break here. Obviously, that drifted that Bob and Rick were referencing is in play. All sectors are green. VIX is red. Uh, Apple, the number one Dow component. We're back in a moment. Jim mentioned uh, Snowflake earlier this morning. Jim, you were talking about lockup expirations. Yeah, uh, Mr. Slubin, Frank Slubin, is, is just one of the greatest. And he watches the show and he says the initial phase of the lockup release started today. Employees are allowed to sell portions of their vested holdings for the first time today. Anticipation of this and the actual volume of supply increasing. But it's only 11 million shares. I mean, you know, anyone who's afraid of 11 million shares, get out of the game. I mean, this stock has declined 100 points and 11 million shares. So anyway, be aware that uh, it's all in the S1. Uh, my bad that I was not ready with that. Uh, Mr. Slootman is an exacting person. And I, uh, just like Coach Belichick, you got to do your job. David, do your job. Get it done. All right. I haven't looked at the S1 either. Is there is 11 million now? Is there more following? Is there another, is there another date coming up, Jim? Or Man. Oh, now I'm pants twice today. Sorry. That's I right. didn't mean to do that. The 11 million is what I know. All right. We know that. But I also point out that the stock has dropped 100 points on 11 million shares and how ridiculous that is. Well, yeah, but you also pointed out how ridiculous its valuation was. Right. And people don't realize that there's going to be a lockup expiration this soon. Right? They don't know. It's a tiny well, amount. As I just, I mean, I just tweeted Airbnb's down. 26% from the opening day high, Jim. Well, I know David feels that these, uh, 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 these offerings were done right. And I am telling you that they were done wrong. And the SEC has to let the syndicate desk know you have, the, you have the, the flexibility. And that's how this stops. And then we get all the other deals that we're waiting for. Right? There's a lot of other deals waiting. They soak up all the demand, all of it, day one. Well, they just... Why are you so contrary? Well, just, you know, you're playing armchair syndicate head. I am. Yeah. Not Monday morning quarterback. I'm not saying they do it right. I'm just saying. I am, Her- I am Jalen Hurts, man. <laughs> yeah. I am Hurts, the best quarterback in the NFL. Oh, yeah. He is. Yeah. Right. No Number doubt. one. He is. The, yeah. And he's going to start and again. There's Hurts, then there's Aaron As Rodgers. he should. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break. Um, we'll uh, be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Dow's up 130. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. I'm struggling with this Morgan Stanley piece that talks about how the, the Boeing potential equity raise. They don't need it. I don't know. I mean, to me, that's just pure speculation. So let's take a look. But I wouldn't make any decisions based on it. I, I think that'd be a mistake. All right. All right. 
Right, I got some really interesting. Tonight? Yes, I've got Ring Central, which Dave doesn't realize is up more than 100% this year. That's a, a company that does video. video. Uh, you, you know, you just kind of like the video phone. Avantor, they are key to be able to make vaccines. Hard to make them without it. And then Calvin McDonald, late of Sephora, now at Lulu with just fabulous numbers. I love Lulu. The Lulu's great. And now, Carl, it's, I guess it's the next show. I enjoyed this show. It's always hard to say goodbye, Jim, uh, but we'll see you tonight. Mad All Money right. is at 6 p.m., of course, with Jim Cramer right here on CNBC. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.